to that. We made brief statements and then left. It was then that I noticed the commander had a small piece of glass sticking out of his neck, blood trickling down and soaking into the collar of his shirt. Patrick and I steered him, protesting back inside to have it removed and the wound treated. All this while we were on leave, too. I'm an author by trade for most of the time. My ex-Lieutenant Colonel Husband's job description is that of advisor to soccer, soon to be merged into the National Crime Agency, and my own part-time role that of consultant. To him, that is. He sometimes jokingly refers to me as his oracle. Patrick's experience, after serving in Special Forces, followed by a period working for D-12, a department of MI5, or we both did, seemed to be the desirable assets when he was offered this job. Also in mind, no doubt, was his ability to have an immediate affinity with any weapon handed to him, a talent for adopting all kinds of personas, and being able to get right inside the criminal mind. On reflection, he would have made a very good and uncatchable crime lord, there being a dark side to his character that even John, his father, has recognised in him. I sometimes wonder, had he not been offered this position, whether he would have stayed on the straight and narrow or turned himself into some kind of maverick law enforcer. This went through my mind now as we sat at a table outside a coffee bar some fifty yards from the scene of the incident, not involved in the investigation for once, waiting for Greenway. Flocks of London pigeons which had been put to flight by the shots were still wheeling around the tops and reflected in the many glass windows of the buildings. Patrick was seated at my side, his gaze ostensibly on the police personnel who were cordoning off the area with incident tape and shepherding away gawpers. Scenes of crime people were arriving, but in reality I knew he was in a world of his own. A serious face, grim now after what had just occurred, but transformed when he smiles into the boy I fell in love with at school, is a little careworn now, the thick black wavy hair greying. No, not a maverick. Not now. As if sensing that I was looking at him, he turned, seeming to try to read my thoughts. You wouldn't, though, would you? I said, speaking them aloud. Wouldn't what? Ever work independently to the police to, say, bring mobsters to court that the conventional forces don't seem to be able to touch? A smile twitched at the corners of his mouth. Life gets quite stimulating enough working as I am, thank you. Besides, I've done all that. I was aware that while a serving soldier in Northern Ireland, he'd been sent after wanted terrorists, bombers and murderers, and sometimes been under orders to remove them. I said, but if you were asked to... It could happen. I didn't feel that he'd quite answered the question. Perhaps I shouldn't have asked. Do you have any theories about this shooting, other than the obvious ones? Yes, I do, actually. He got to his feet and walked off, back in the direction of the cafe bar. 
I watched as he showed his ID and ducked under the incident tape, then stood in the road opposite the entrance and walked up and down a few times, having to go around a couple of ambulances, three police cars and a paramedic's motorbike. His gaze fixed on the inside of the building, perhaps working out the exact line of fire. Back on the pavement, he crouched quickly, arms extended as if holding a weapon and aiming it. After standing still for a few seconds, he went back inside the cafe bar, again showing his warrant card. They weren't taking any chances. When he reappeared a minute or so later, he was with the commander. Considering that you're on leave and this was supposed to be just a bit of socialising on our part, it was quite exciting, Greenway said. There was an adhesive dressing larger than one might have thought necessary on his neck, which he now touched. Coffee? Patrick asked.